Welcome to the First Love Podcast with Reverend Jonathan Warren from First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Warren's sermon is titled, Let's Do Both. After Reverend Warren's sermon, you'll be able to enjoy an anthem by the Church Bell Choir. Please continue to listen and find out information how to contact First Love Ministries and get more information about the church's calendar and other activities taking place. Our gospel lesson comes to us from Matthew chapter 22. Let's listen to the word of God. And the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said, so they sent their disciples to him along with Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose head is this? And whose title? They answered, The emperor's. And he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. Thirty-four. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments... Hang all the laws and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. In his book, The Art of Not Giving an F, uh, Mark Manson's chapters talks about how everything in life stinks. He uses a lot of salty language, so uh, it sounds even worse than that. But if you look beyond the language he shares, he's giving us lessons, right? He says, in this lesson about how everything in life stinks, he gives an example about exercising, right? Exercising, running, eating healthily. It's not fun. But if you don't do it in the long run, you risk uh, uh, having poor health. So he asks the question, which of these stinks the least? Then he explains how nobody likes working in a cubicle. Uh, The dream is to work in the corner office with the window. Now, in order to get that, you'll have to work 60 to 80 hours. You have to give up time with your family. You have more responsibility. So which one stinks the least, he asks. And that's kind of how you decide what to do. That's that's his uh, reasoning anyway. So if you'd rather have time with your family, you can't complain about the cubicle. But what if there was a way to live differently, right? Not not everything in life has to stink, right? My guess is Jesus has an answer for us about this. In in today's scripture reading, we discover that Jesus is in the middle of a trap. 
The Pharisees pushed Jesus up against the wall about taxes. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not, Jesus? It's one of those gotcha questions. If he answers with a yes, then he's in trouble with the people he's ministering to. If he answers with a no, then he's in trouble with Rome. It's a lose-lose situation. Now, of course, Jesus knows the trap and cleverly dodges it, famously saying, Give to the emperor what is the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. Now, these kinds of traps are set up again and again for Jesus. And then soon the Pharisees ask, Out of all of God's laws, which are the greatest? And Jesus replied, The most important law is to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And then he silences them with the second question. To love your neighbor as yourself is the second most important law. It's impressive. In a few simple encounters meant to entrap Jesus, Jesus dodges two of the biggest traps. Love of money and love of God. So if we were to ask Mark Manson's question, which one stinks the least, loving money, loving God and others, which would we choose? Now maybe because these passages are so close to each other, it's not shocking that we figured out how to live differently, right? How to live in such a way that not everything has to stink. Why tell folks they only need to pick one when you could pick both, right? This is an American story, right? Generations ago, we decided to bridge the two together. Now, I know Jesus in Luke 16 says you can't love money and God, but Luke's just the social gospel. Luke's audience is just different. Why divide them? And you could bridge the two together, right? And it's not that surprising. America's country uh, is a country with giants and finances, technology, industry. Thomas Edison created the light bulb telephone and a zillion other things. Henry Ford brought forth the revolution in industry. The Wright brothers gave us flight. We're the ones who sent a man to the moon. We created the personal computer, invented the internet, and who knows what Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Sergey Brin will bring. But beyond industry and technology, Americans also paved the way for some pretty astounding equality. It may have taken a while to get there, but we're a boiling pot of diversity. Women and civil rights activists have inspired and pushed us beyond our limits to love all people. Certainly, we're not perfect, but compared to many other countries and generations before, we've done a lot of loving others. Now, I set us up, right? It's impressive. We figured out how to do both. Loving money and loving God. But if we have it all figured out, then why are Americans so anxious and tired and stressed out and not very happy? And not just Americans, but Christians are part of this too. We work more and more, we acquire more and more, but it doesn't seem to help us. Somehow, instead of our love just permeating, how do we love? Others, like ourselves, if we barely love ourselves, we're critical, self-conscious, barely hanging on, which means we have little love left over for anybody else. 
So today, we find ourselves trapped in an American lie. The world, the church, everybody's lied to us. And for generations, they told us we can have it all. We could have both, money and God. Somehow, money grabs a hold of us. This, it pulls us away from our dreams. This threatens families and marriages. And this, it causes rifts. Now I know it's not money that is evil. Money can do some great things, right? It helps feed the hungry. It houses the homeless. It helps build the church. But only when we surrender it all to God, somehow the love of money, it holds on to us like nothing else. I don't know if you realize this, but we're so entrenched that we believe a lot of times that we can do both, love money and love God. Now, when I first came to Jacksonville, many of you know, I had a run-in with a circular saw, and I lost part of my finger. It was a rough few weeks uh, dealing with the pain and trauma. I experienced a great amount of grief. It was tough, not just for me, but for Siobhan and the girls. It was about a month later that, I, that there was a sealed envelope left in the offering plate with my name on it. I was on the way to lounge, so I was focused on donuts and shaking people's hands. So I put it, folded it, and put it in my coat pocket, left it for later. Then when I finally got home, I headed upstairs, taking off my tie, unbuttoning my shirt. That's what I do when I get home. I felt the envelope. I'd almost forgotten about it, but I was curious. So I pulled it out right there on the stairs and opened it. And upon seeing it, it filled me with shock, and my knees went weak. Tears started running down my face, and I was speechless. I called out, Siobhan, you have to see this. There was a simple handwritten note that said, this is for medical bills and anything you need. There was no name, no signature. Behind the note was an anonymous cashier's check for $5,000. Now, we had good insurance. We had savings. We had support of family and church. But never in my life had I ever experienced this kind of generosity. At the time, for, and for months later... I wished I'd known who'd given it so I could find them and thank them. But I never found out. And somehow in that moment, I could surrender everything to God. All the worry and the weight was lifted and God's life and love and peace and hope filled me. 
Now, this anonymous gift wasn't about money or the love of money. Instead, it was about God's love and loving others. I discovered that's what matters more than anything. And that's what God teaches us. We might try to do both, but we can't. We can't love money and God. Because loving money doesn't give us what we need. God does. God gives hope and peace and love and life. Now, you all know how much money Siobhan and I make. All are generous to our family and part of the way we live generously Part of the way we surrender all we have to God is by giving a 10% tithe to the church, which means our family gives $130 a week or $560 a month, $6,720 a year. Next week is Thanksgiving Sunday, where we all give our commitment. Now, I could tell you all the reasons Sessions increasing the budget by 7%. We have a great staff, and we want to be sure they get a raise. Our sanctuary is 120 years old, and our new building, the new one, is turning 50. So we increased our repairs for next year. Many years ago, the session made a goal of increasing our missions every year by 1%. In short, those are the three places we increased the budget. There's more at stake here than a budget. We're taught this lesson of living generously, surrendering all we have to God. So I want to ask you to do something right now. I want you to get out your wallets. Don't worry. The, we're not having a, an offering right now. Do it. Come on. Pull out your wallets. Author and theologian Brian McLaren did this at a conference I attended. Right now, pull out your cash, pull out your credit cards, and put it in your hands. I want you to look at it. How many of us here today are controlled by these things? we have in our hands. Look at it. Look on the back of the money, it says, in God we trust, right? What did Jesus say? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Controls every aspect of our lives. And now I want you to open your arms. I want you to pray, surrendering it all to God. God, we live in a lie where we say we can do both, love money and love you. But nothing we can buy actually provides life, love, hope, and peace. They tell us it can, but it can't. So today, right now, we surrender our finances. We surrender our life. We surrender all we have to you.
creator of the universe, the sustainer and redeemer of our lives. And in doing this, we take a deep breath in. Fill us. And when we exhale, exhale, we let go of the lies, the weight, the grip that money has on us. As we keep breathing in and out, we can feel love, we can feel this, this hope, we can feel peace. It's as if a great burden is being lifted. As we leave this place today, remind us that you are always with us. And when we get overwhelmed, remind us to breathe. Remind us to surrender all we have to you so that we can be filled with life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This week, my challenge for you, pray. Talk to God. Talk to your loved ones and ask, how can we let go of the few luxuries that we have so we can live more generously? What percentage of my income is God calling me to give to the church? Surrender it all to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois is located at 870 West College, bringing hope every hour, every day. Our website is www.firstpresjax.org. That's www.firstpresjax.org. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. Phone number 217-245-4189.